2: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
0: Hello, and welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie, Jewel's grandmother. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at julesays at gmail.com. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a nice Christmas. I'm recording this on December 27th, and last night I just got back from London, England, To visit my Catherine and her babies. Now I know Catherine said she wasn't having visitors this Christmas. She said it on the podcast too, but I have a feeling that Violet convinced her that it might be nice for the babies to have some family visiting. So she relented. She didn't invite me for Christmas. I always say Christmas is the worst time of the year to travel anyway. I don't expect an invitation. Prices are jacked up. Everyone is extra busy. Christmas sometimes brings escalated drinking and family dysfunction to the forefront. And the weather can be problematic. I've been grounded before in a snowstorm, and it is not fun. Even though it's better than being killed in a plane crash. But anyway, in Catherine's case, at least this year... She was ridiculously busy with work, pretty much almost right up until Christmas Eve. So a pre-Christmas trip was out of the question, and no matter how much Violet might have wanted company, I couldn't have gone anyway, because I had sent my passport away for renewal, and the new one wasn't due back until the end of December, early January. But then, a Christmas miracle. My passport arrived early, mid-December. So I kind of thought, was this a sign that it was meant to be? I was meant to travel? I don't actually think so because I don't believe in that stuff. But it's a bit unusual for the government of Canada, maybe your government is similar, it's a bit unusual for them to turn the admin of something like a passport around two weeks ahead of the due date. And it wasn't even a due date. It was really just, oh, you can expect it by the end of December, possibly the first week of January. And they even said it could be late because of the holidays. But I got it, mid-December. Should I ask her? Should I invite myself? Ugh, I thought it might be cheeky to invite myself, since she had clearly said she was having no company for Christmas. And I understand. We were blessed to go last year when Fena was born. She was just a little wee baby. And this year, they're taking the children to Disney after Christmas for a couple of days. But Carrie and Alan, for some reason, had the green light to go. Carrie only had a couple of days off work, pretty much over Christmas. So Carrie canceled their plans to have dinner at the Four Seasons Hotel with Abe and me. And we thought, "Mm, should we go on our own? Maybe. I don't know. Should we go visit Abe's family in Sarnia? Whatever we do at Christmas is really flexible because we don't have family traditions at all. At all. So anything goes. But I thought, ah, she can say no if I ask. And I'm fine with that. I would have completely understood because she's busy. And having her sister there isn't the same as having her mother And I already knew Abe couldn't go because he would be coming off a week of working two projects in two different time zones, so he'd be exhausted. And Abe values his health a lot more than I value mine, which means he values his sleep. He values eating properly more than I do. I will stuff my face with chocolate over Christmas. Abe would never overdo it. I rarely have a drink when I'm at home, but if I'm visiting, I'm down. But that week, Abe was starting work at 2 a.m.-ish and working into the night. And I know the first night he started, he had to work so late that he only maybe got one hour's sleep, which is almost pointless. Two time zones with meetings and then more work to prepare for the next day. So he, he really wasn't in a position to be traveling overseas. So I decided to just ask her, do you want me to come for Christmas? I completely understand if you don't. And she responded that she didn't really want anyone to come, necessarily, but it would probably be nice for Violet and the babies to have some family here, and you are always welcome, and since Carrie's coming anyway, you might as well if you want to. So I went, just for the weekend, really, a long weekend. I arrived on December 23rd and got home last night, December 26th, Carrie and Alan were arriving on Christmas Eve, so it really was a very quick, very last-minute trip. And of course I listen to Catherine's podcast, Telling Everybody Everything. It's one of the ways I keep up-to-date on what's going on with her because between work, my work, her work, the time zone change, the babies believe it or not, even with technology, we sometimes have a hard time connecting. And one of the things she talked about, On the podcast, besides not having visitors for Christmas, was what she thinks makes a good guest. She doesn't necessarily like when I help with all the household work and the cooking. But on the other hand, I'm uncomfortable with feeling useless or feeling like I'm in the way. I certainly don't want them to feel as though they have to entertain me. So I always thought I should be helpful when I visit. I'm the grandmother, the mom. Shouldn't I help with laundry and tidying and cooking? Because I understand how busy and exhausted you are when you have very young children and babies. I know that Catherine is up through the night with Fenna and Fred, and she's up with Fenna at about five thirty every morning. I just shudder to think of it. However, Catherine pointed out that her favorite guest is a guest like Carrie. Carrie is social; she's the party starter. She happily falls asleep on the sofa when there's chaos about, and then she jumps up to play games with the children. And I thought about it from Catherine's perspective. I always lived in the same town as my mother, Dorothy, when my children were little, so I don't know what it's like to have my mother staying with me for periods of time. But I thought about my mother-in-law, who visited from Ireland for three to seven weeks at a time when the children were young. Would I have wanted more help from her while she was here? I'm not sure that I would have. Her thing was that she did laundry when she was visiting. She wanted to be helpful, too. She was a beautiful, kind person. And the only reason I didn't really like it necessarily was that she didn't separate lights from darks. She claimed the washing machines don't mix colors in Ireland. And sometimes my whites would turn a bit blue or pink. She also took a scrub brush to stains and wore out some of the fabrics. She cooked a few times, but usually not. I think she enjoyed having a break from the slog of cooking an everyday meal. She didn't clean. Would I have felt that she was interfering if she helped with those things more? Maybe I would have. Maybe I would have been annoyed that she did things differently from me. I know one time she boiled a ham, and I have to admit, I thought, oh, I wish you hadn't boiled that ham, because I think a ham is just better when it's done in the oven. So, yeah, maybe I would have been annoyed. And as difficult as it was for me to go there and not help Catherine, I arrived, and I sat around, and I pretty much did nothing, like a fucking hero. I cooked nothing. I cleaned nothing. I did no laundry. I lounged about. I played with Fred. Well, I played less with Fenna because if her mom is in the vicinity, she just wants her mother. I played monster trucks and cars and trains and I danced to Back in Black and Shiny Happy People at least a hundred times. Fred is going through a can you do this phase. I did all the things he asked me if I could do. I asked him a few times, can you do this? But he was having none of it. He was the leader of this game, and so I played according to his rules. That's what you do. Violet got the games out Yahtzee, what do you mean, Torontopoly or Torontoopoly and cards. We stayed up after the babies were in bed and played games. I ate copious amounts of chocolate. I went to the park and soft play with Catherine, Violet, and the babies. Catherine and Bobby cooked Christmas dinner with zero help from me. I did nothing. Violet set the table. I didn't even do that. The meal was so good, but it was difficult for me to hang back and not help. I felt guilty, but I probably wouldn't want my guests helping me with all that stuff either. I know if I host a dinner party, I just want to sit down and chat and enjoy the people who came to visit. I don't want them cleaning up the kitchen. So I was determined to just relax, enjoy everyone's company, enjoy playing with the children, and enjoy them I did. Even so, I was exhausted the entire time. I wasn't there long enough to adjust to the time change, for one thing. And if I'm honest, can you do this a hundred times can get a bit boring. It kind of made me sleepy during the day. Even though I perked up at night after a drink and some adult games, Catherine makes really nice festive Christmas cocktails. It was great. And chatting. Chatting always perks me up. I'm all about the chat. It's a good thing small children nap during the day because that's sometimes the only time you can get anything done or catch up on your own sleep. And you forget when you're past it how much effort little ones really are until you're with them again. I don't think anyone fully comprehends how busy you are with with babies and very young children until you actually have them. I don't know how I did it. I just don't know how anyone does it. You just have to be on for their every waking moment, making sure they're safe, making sure they're busy. It's a huge job, and it's an enormous responsibility, and it's really hard to get everything done when you've you've got small children underfoot, or a baby in your arms, or a baby in the chest carrier, or someone's crying, or someone's sick. I used to say that I got a break when I went to work, and I admit It was challenging getting all of the shopping, cooking, cleaning, laundry, baths, stories, all that stuff, all the playtime in when you're out of the house for nine or more hours a day. But at least when you're out, your mind is stimulated with your job's challenges. That keeps you awake. Well, except for meetings... I used to doze off in meetings. I used to even doze off at red lights when my children were little. But I find in a meeting, if you take a pad of paper and sketch the speaker, it stimulates your mind enough that it can keep you awake even when you're really exhausted. And the speaker has the impression that you're really listening to them, hanging on every word when you're just drawing a picture. But at work, you can also have adult conversations. And if you have time for a break, it's an actual break. You have more control over your time at work. I guess unless you're a nanny or an emergency health care worker. There are some other jobs, I'm sure, where you don't have any control. But the demands of small children are relentless. And although the responsibilities are more often shared between mums and dads these days, certainly historically, most of that caring responsibility fell to the mums. I've heard of dads who resent being pushed out or ignored by the mom when she becomes so busy with everything that's required to care for babies. I recently watched Love, Pamela, which is Pamela Anderson's story from her perspective. Abe and I really enjoyed it. And Abe didn't just enjoy it because there was a lot of footage of that gorgeous woman. It was really well done. It was good. I have more respect and empathy for her. But anyway poor baby Tom Tom admitted that he felt neglected when she was juggling all the baby responsibility which was partly why he lashed out with violence and got himself kicked out. Good for her for refusing to put up with that. I just think it's incredibly narcissistic and immature to actually act on your resentment of the other parent that way. Of course we feel what we feel but adults are supposed to be able to have the conversation, express how they're feeling constructively, not throw temper tantrums. But the baby and toddler phases are really tough. The teen years are tough too for different reasons, but still, and there's Catherine right now caught between both worlds. It's challenging. And so many of us also enter relationships without really discussing the logistics of how we might handle some of these challenges. Because just being in love when you get married isn't enough. I think everyone assumes when they get married that that'll last forever. They they certainly think they're in love or they wouldn't get married. But it's not enough. And of course, Division of Responsibility is not one-size-fits-all. By any means, I'm not trying to say it is. I talk to a lot of people, not just women. I've always worked with mostly men in the IT world, and I've heard a few perspectives on the challenges of how people manage household responsibility. One of my young colleagues, a guy, was frustrated because when he got home, his stay-at-home wife handed him the children and just went out for the evening. According to him, anyway, this was happening pretty much every night. She went to the gym, she went to her mom's, she visited friends, or at least that's where she said she went. She hadn't even prepared supper. Assuming his account was true and not an exaggeration on his part, you never know if you're hearing one side. It certainly doesn't sound equitable to me. And I completely get that she was probably done by the end of the day after managing small children alone. But to just go out for the whole evening regularly? I, I mean, plan the odd evening out or something like that, even if it's once a week. My mother-in-law used to tell me she even had her one night out a week with the girls, and she was a very traditional Irish mum. But every night, or almost every night, I'm sorry, that seems unfair to me. I do think, if you agree as a couple, that one of you is going to be the house spouse— You have agreed to shoulder greater responsibility for the home and looking after children if you have children. Would it have been too much to ask for her to season some chicken breasts and put them in the oven before heading out? I've cooked a lot of meals with a baby on my hip. It's doable. Could she not have just gone out for an hour to unwind with some alone or adult time before coming back home? I think a respectful conversation about what would make sense for you as a couple was definitely required. I certainly don't think the house spouse should be expected to shoulder 100% of the responsibility for childcare. It's exhausting. And besides, the parent who spends time earning also benefits, and the children benefit, when they have a relationship with their children. I haven't worked with that guy for quite some time now, and I wonder if his marriage survived. I have another friend who very happily does everything for her husband. She takes joy in taking excellent care of his needs and the home, and they also enjoy mutual hobbies together. But she and her husband never had children. And I wonder if she'd be so happy to do everything or how she would have even managed everything she does if she had gone through that stage of looking after babies while working full time. She never did that. She has no idea how much work it is because she's never had to do it. She might have had to pull back on some of her services, at least while the children were young. And who knows, her husband might have resented that she didn't have time to cut his toenails. Or maybe she cut them, but with less enthusiasm than he used to enjoy. He might have felt neglected. I guess, so really, the the division of labor in a household is dynamic, depending on your stage in life and your evolving responsibilities. There's nothing wrong with providing loving care and service to your partner. I just have trust issues, and I find it a bit hard to believe that the recipient of that level of devotion might not turn resentful, or worse, violent, if he starts feeling neglected when other responsibilities start piling up. Or maybe he'll feel sorry for himself and just amp up his drinking and partying. Like, that's another thing that sometimes happens. And I don't understand why it isn't obvious that both adults in a partnership need to step up and contribute. Christmas, or whatever you celebrate this time of year, often brings this point to a head. Hence, one of the songs from my Christmas album, Jewel Sings, not Jewel Says, Jewel Sings, I'll Be Drunk for Christmas. One of my songs, Oh Fuck Ye Merry Gentlemen, is kind of about that. Thou don't get how much work it is preparing for Christmas Day to shop and cook and decorate whilst you get drunk and play. It's relatable because that's too often how it is in some households, especially with old people, people my age. One friend of mine shared how his father-in-law, well, his father-in-law is maybe 10 years older than I am, but, you know, the generation, a boomer. His father-in-law was completely oblivious to the hustle and bustle in the kitchen as Christmas dinner preparation was underway for a lot of people. He just wandered in, made himself toast and tea, and left crumbs and a teabag and butter and a plate and a spoon wherever he last touched them, left the kettle out. I, I, said, I, I said to my friend, I'm impressed that he made his own toast and tea. There are probably people who would just call out from the other room with a demand for food or a drink. So he probably thinks, well, I'm a great guy. I'm self-sufficient. I'm going to give my wife a break by making my own food. Like a fucking hero. And they had a friend staying with them. And when the friend was about to leave, the head of the household called his wife away from whatever else she was doing to pack a lunch for the friend to take with him on the train. I guess since Christmas dinner was the day before, he didn't feel as though he needed to make his friend's lunch himself. But this woman doesn't even seem to mind, which is fine. If she genuinely doesn't mind, then it's a symbiotic relationship and there's no problem. The woman's perspective can also often be a generational thing. We were raised to believe that all of this was our responsibility, even if we had a paying job outside the home. And this is particularly why I have a hard time going to my daughter's homes and not helping. Just sitting around chatting, playing games, having a drink. It just feels so selfish. Yet, I would want my guests to do the same. Then there's a guy on some, I don't know what it is, it's some Am I the Asshole forum, who invited his friends over for a barbecue. This is told to me by a friend. And he did this not just once. Apparently, he did this often. And he never ran it by his wife first. He just informed her with short notice, maybe the day of or the day before, whereupon she would shop for beer, for food, prepare the food, get the house ready for guests. The guy would then barbecue, which is essentially putting meat on a grill and flipping it, and he and his friends would have a grand old time. After repeated requests to give her some notice of these events, his wife finally just gave up. She gave up and just decided, I'm not going to do the preparation. He could do it himself. The next time he invited the boys over, he just badgered her with questions. Where's this? Where's that? What am I going to do about this? How do I do that? And it seems to me, according to my friend, I didn't read the post myself, I think he went shopping for the meat, but he hadn't considered any of the other food that one usually prepares to round out the meal he hadn't thought about the dishes the cutlery all that stuff making sure the house making sure the house was tidy making sure the bathroom was presentably clean although if it was a boys barbecue maybe they wouldn't care maybe they just maybe they just took a leak outside i don't know but it didn't occur to him to even get beer or check to see that he had enough beer which i found hard to believe Even the guy who pretty much does nothing is usually pretty good at making sure they have enough beer. So one of the guy's friends had to do a beer run after people were already there, which isn't the end of the world. But when you didn't think of it at all, it's it's I mean, it can happen. But when you didn't give it any thought at all, I mean, you should have at least tried And obviously the constructive outcome of this debacle would be to acknowledge to his wife how much effort this is, and that you now understand why this caused her stress, thank her for doing it time and time again, and maybe request her assistance for next time, but with sufficient notice, which is what she apparently asked for. Or commit to doing it better yourself next time. You're a capable adult. If you just think, think of these things, and thinking is a huge part of the job, then you can, then you should be able to do it. But no. Apparently, he was angry that his wife did this to him, and it was her fault that his barbecue was a disaster. I believe everyone agreed on the forum that he was, indeed, the asshole in this scenario. And a lot of men seem to think that women are very difficult to understand— Or to keep happy. But more often than not, we will tell you what upsets us or makes us feel disrespected. You just have to listen. And I don't mean hear the words and fake agree. I've seen, yeah, 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 I know. I heard you. I heard you the first time. Why are you saying it again? Well, I could tell you weren't really listening. I could tell that you had no intention of thinking about what you were hearing. Give it some consideration. Make a genuine effort to do better. Most of the women I know will absolutely do the same for their partners. This isn't rocket science. It shouldn't be so hard. And by the way, I'm not judging the women who do everything for their husbands. I'm not. I don't think there's anything wrong with coddling your partner if you are both
1: happy with it,
0: even if you get nothing in return. Some people don't
1: expect. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
0: Expect anything in return. They're just happy to be married. And for them, it's fine. The key is making sure you're open to the discussion clear on expectations and willing to make adjustments if necessary if one of you is unhappy with how things are going, especially when little rugrats have taken over your life. They are adorable, but they are exhausting. And then before you know it, you've run out of babies and then you have to go get your fix on your children's babies, if they decide to have babies, which I would never pressure them to do. But that's a completely different subject. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a happy, happy new year and a happy, healthy, safe 2024. I'll be back next week.